0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you.
1: Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Andy Hayes with me. Andy is the founder of Plum Deluxe, which is a website dedicated to help people create moments that matter. As Andy writes on the website, I truly believe Plum Deluxe is my life's purpose. My mission in creating the Plum Deluxe community is to share the story and lessons I learned from my mother, Pam. I'm very excited to have Andy on Success Harbor today. Welcome.
0: Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone.
1: (laughs) Thank you for being here, Andy. Can you share why your mother was such an inspiration for you and the lessons that you have learned from her?
0: Sure, I'd love to. So, um the when i started plum deluxe was right after um she had passed away from breast cancer from 6 years and one of the Sorry. things oh thank you yep thank you and one of the things that i was really reflecting on quite a bit was what i saw in her and her life was very similar to what i saw as a kid so when we were young um i didn't know it but we were really um as a family strapped for funds and i didn't you know as a kid you didn't really know these things I remember. Um, I, think they're, I don't think they're called food stamps now, but like we had the food stamps, and I thought they were really cool because they were different colors, and you know I thought that was just like kind of a fun thing. Well, I guess it's not really all that fun if <laughs> you don't have enough money for your groceries. But anyway, we always had all these rituals and ways that we would have things to look forward to. So you know, it would be you know some kind of um, going to the park or some you know event or museum. That we would do every Saturday, or um, you know, my mom made cakes for a living, so like on, 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 as a side hustle. So there was always kind of a some kind of cake ritual going on in our house. Like let's you know use this extra batter to make a cake to celebrate, you know, whatever. We didn't have to have a really special reason. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I always thought that was just like the coolest thing. And of course, as a you know, as a kid, if your mom baked cakes, like it's not a bad gig. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> and um, at the, at the end of her life, I saw a lot of this like childlike fun come back. So she um, really had a, her own community with her other, um, you know, her, she called them her cancer friends. I, I I wish she had found a better name for it, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, she really had created a community where she needed it and. Um, These gals were out. They were running 10K races on the weekends. They were throwing girlfriend getaways. They were getting together all the time, having the time of their life, having the time of their life. And I just thought, you know, if these people can have this kind of life in this situation, then we should all be able to have a really great life. We should all be able to have a ton of fun and do great things. So I really wanted to create a place that had that kind of conversation about it. Wow. Well, um, you have uh, you have
1: started uh, Plum Deluxe in 2007. What were you doing prior to starting this business?
0: Oh, I was a tech guy. I was I was in tech. I worked for um, a big software company that did you know like million multi million dollar software projects. I was a, what I call a process specialist. So I would you You just paid two million dollars for your software, and so they'd say, "Thank you very much and then I would come in and I would help you figure out what the heck you just did so how do you mm-hmm. put put all the pieces together and I find as an entrepreneur, this is probably my greatest gift to myself is knowing how to put the pieces together. sometimes I feel like this job you know our jobs create- you know creating our own path is a bit like putting, you know, a really, really difficult Ikea thing together and there's no instructions or you can't read them because <laughs> they're in a different language. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was doing. And it's very, it's definitely served me. I know a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs have a hard time with technology. And for me, it's just, it's not, it's a no brainer. I don't think about it. So it's, I'm pretty glad that that was my background. And I did that for 10 years at least. So mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So what were your reasons for starting the business?
0: Well, I was kind of tired of what I was doing, <laughs> for one. But the biggest reason was I had been through two corporate acquisitions, maybe three. I think it was three, actually. Um, they kind of blend together after a while. And it, in each one, I took less money. And in each one, I feel like I traded – I had to I had to trade in. So I had to trade in um, – you know, less money for maybe a little more vacation and then, you know, a little less money and not the perfect location and then a little less money and a little, um, you know, not the best job. And so this kept happening until I found myself in what I truly describe as a toxic work environment. I actually um, had, I was in a workplace that made me sick. I, I had a lot of um, stress and psychosomatic health issues like skin rashes, migraines. Um, you know, I would Pass out sometimes, which is mm-hmm. not something that's I would, pretty extreme stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, and of course at the time I, d- I thought like psh, like it's not a big deal. Just you know I'm not sleeping well or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, like stop whining. You know everybody goes through this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff.
0: I was I was being a really poor boss to myself, and I was thankfully had someone. Um, and I of course I kept this on the download. I didn't really tell people a lot about this because I was I was embarrassed too. You know it's kind of embarrassing to. Say that you, you know, had a migraine and fell on somebody on a bus, but I, this project manager that worked for me was kind of in the know and and said to me, kind of he brought me my wake up call that I was needing, which was he said, you know you got to get out of this job. It's really just it's going to kill you. It's just not good for you. You're in the wrong place, Andy. You're mm-hmm. in the wrong place. And it was just like, you know, like when when somebody says the right thing to you at the right time and you wake up and I woke up and I was like, Oh my God, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Why am I in this place? Uh, that's not good yeah. for me that. And, and so it was finally at that point, I mean, it took me a few days to really get my head around it, but I realized, yeah, like I'd always, I'd always thought entrepreneurship was too risky. I thought it was, couldn't, mm-hmm. couldn't do that. It was too risky. And this wake up call was like, Whoa, like, like being somewhere that makes you really ill, you know, the, to the point that your skin is like breaking out is, is risky. That's risk. Everything else, yeah. you can figure it out, <laughs> but this is like the wrong thing. So that was yeah. really what, what literally pushed me off the cliff. So I jumped yeah. and had no idea what the heck I was doing or what I was going to do, but. I, yeah, it's
1: funny how sometimes the most unexpected people can just tell you something at the right moment and it just has a major influence on your life. Um, so while you were working and, and you really just were hated the whole situation, were you already thinking about certain businesses? Were you looking at stuff at that point?
0: Mm, that's a good question. Uh, yes and no. Uh, I, it took me... Uh, probably two or three months to leave. I I, I kind of had some things to get in order and, um, you know, giving notice. And I was kind of preparing some people just to, you know, despite the circumstances, I worked with some good people. And so I wanted to leave things in a good place because I knew when I left, it'd be a big deal. So I wanted to just, you know, when I made my announcement, I wanted to just cut loose and run and just be done with it. So I was really making sure that that happened smoothly. So I had a little mm-hmm. while to think about it. And the one thing that I did do was I, I said, well, okay, like if I can do anything, this is, you know, like it's a new beginning. I have a new start. I can do anything, which is almost too big. It's almost not good for us, right? It's too open, but
1: too many options, too many yeah.
0: options. So I went, I said, okay, well, what, like really thinking about this. And I, and I, and I said, okay, well, as a kid, I remember I would make magazines I would cut up pieces of paper, and I would staple them together, and I would write the stories, and I'd draw the photos. I'll start a magazine. (laughs) So I was kind of, like, in that direction. And so when I left, I was really lucky that I was surrounded by this um, um, great little group of entrepreneurs in the town I was living in. And it was a really small town, so there weren't a ton of us. And so I got to see them every week. And I was telling them about my plans, and and they said, well, that's kind of crazy. Like, maybe you shouldn't start right there. And they said your perfect timing for doing something online, like um Facebook pages were just coming out and um What
1: year was it? Uh, two thousand seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, right around there. Right around there. Yeah, so they were like, Your timing is perfect to try like some kind of online version of a magazine. And I was like, Great, I'll do that. But I didn't I didn't prep a lot. It took me quite a while. I took a lot of time when I started to mess around and make what them. is a lot of time is it a matter of months years a year i think it took me a year about a year
1: so from the time you quit your job it took you about a year to start plum deluxe
0: yeah well i renamed it after a while but yeah it definitely took me a year to get going
1: mm-hmm. so tell us uh, tell our audience what is plum deluxe if you can give us a brief summary
0: well, I look at Plum Deluxe as it's a, it's a business. It's a platform. It's a platform for conversations and commerce. So it's the, it's the website that helps you create moments that matter. So it's a place where people can go to feel inspired, educated, and informed about things like positivity, about you know, creating moments with their friends and family in ways like entertaining or a weekend getaway with their partner. And then on the commerce side, we have our own organic tea line, which is the primary way now that we monetize, but we also um, take advantage of sponsorships. And this year, we also tried um, events, and we're going to do that a little differently next year, but um, we had a great program this year with Kimpton Hotels doing various community events, which um, were paid events, and they had sponsors, but there were also ways for us to just um, generate community offline, you know, because... So, it's, you can only have such a relation, so much of a relationship online before it's a great time to meet in person. So,
1: yeah, I want to get into the monetization a little bit, but first I'd like to talk about your customers. Who are your ideal customers?
0: Mm, the typical Plum Deluxe uh, person is a woman, of course. She's a working professional, thirty-something. How did you figure this
1: out? Did you did you notice going in that that's what's going to be, or it it evolved with time?
0: Uh, well, uh, when I started, I, I had a ideal reader in mind, and it was actually it's a real person. Her name is Amy, so we call her Amy. So it's it's um I think you've had some interviews on it before, you know, the customer avatar type thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we modeled Amy. Hi Amy, if you're listening, <laughs> um, we modeled our business after the Amy. This woman who makes a lot of money, is really busy in a good way, is um, either married or on that track, lives in an urban city, and her real need is for connection. So she feels very disconnected from her friends and from her creative pursuits and desires. And she's seeking ways and means to slow down and really feel like her friendships are strong, and that her relationships with her family and her partner are strong. Mm-hmm. So that's what she feels deep inside. That's not exactly how we portray it on the website, <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's not what people. That's not what people think about. People think about how do I slow down? How do I entertain without looking like an idiot? How do I um, nourish myself with you know a little self care, that kind of thing.
1: And so, how many customers do you have now?
0: Um, we have uh, about hundred thousand people, and that's just one group. Some of them are events people. Some of, the, and you have to live in certain places right now to be an events customer. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I would like for you to live anywhere and be able to come to an event, but I have a little ways to go for that. Yeah, um, the majority are tea people, and then we do have you know a pool of. People who just kind of follow along, they like our content, you know, which is free so that, you know, you can eat all you like. It's a full buffet um, and, and just um, take advantage of the promotions that we offer for our sponsors and that kind of thing.
1: So these are uh, email subscribers or yeah. RSS subscribers, yeah. yeah. 100,000. 100, no. That's a pretty impressive number.
0: I've <clears throat> been me. doing it a long time, George. been doing it a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so how long, when you started out, I mean you started in 2007, how long did it take you to get some kind of attraction? Was it a matter of months, years? Uh, give us an idea because a lot of people quit very early in business.
0: Mm, I, I would say, yeah, man, if I had to do it over, I'd do it differently. But, uh, you know, I, I got some pretty good traction after probably seven months. Seven months.
1: And how do you feel about that number? Was that longer than expected or well, you think it was – of course it
0: felt like seven years when I started. It did. It but did. looking back, okay. I think, well, I did so many dumb things and I really wasn't – I felt like I was not really working on the right things. I was not – So were
1: you thinking about quitting in the first seven months? Oh, yeah. How were you feeling oh, yeah. all about all yourself? The time.
0: All the time. I and have why I not like quit? like quitting last year. <laughs> oh, again
1: <laughs> or still.
0: <laughs> I don't feel like quitting right now. No, I'm I'm in a pretty okay. good place. But. Well, good.
1: But <laughs> but during the first 7 months because I think that's such a crucial time. I mean, you know, we hear about businesses succeeding and businesses failing, but I think kind of making the decision because sometimes it makes sense to fail and try something else. Mm-hmm. But but during the first uh 7 months when I was yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was like maybe the worst part of business or just
0: you know, mm-hmm, uh, yeah,
1: so that. so what what kept you going? What what were some of the signs that says you know what there is something here? Let's let's keep going.
0: Well, the the answer to the first question, <clears throat> what, what kept me going was that group of entrepreneurs that I had around me. Mm-hmm. See, you cannot do this alone. You have to have people around you who understand who understand how how it goes. So if you don't have that, that's that's priority number one. And you're already here on this, on this website, in this community, so you already – it'll be really easy for you to find people. Just go on the site and look for people who live near you, Jen. Um, yeah, the thing I always tell people who are kind of starting out is that, is that businesses thrive on feedback. They really thrive on feedback. It's oxygen. So you need to get in front of these people you're trying to reach, like, as, as much as possible. And ask them what they want, what's their interest. Um, you know, If you're not doing that, then you're going to be working in a void. And I did that a lot when I started because it was easier to work on something all the way through and put it out there and then find that no, nobody was interested. As so opposed, what was that but,
1: early feedback that you got, let's say the first six months, um, that that really steered you uh, in a different direction or just, just was a kind of an eye-opener for you?
0: Well – Here's the thing. I was, when I was putting things together online and rolling out, um, you know, eBooks and content, uh, I would have people tell me, I love what you're doing. It's so good. Like, keep going. And I heard that all the time. I love what you're doing. Like, I'm really excited to see where it's going. I still hear that all the time. Every Sunday, my inbox is filled with people who reply to our newsletter and say, like, I love where you're going. Like, this is so good. Like, thank you so much. So that's, That's what always has kept me going. Is people telling me, "I love it, keep going." Like, I love it, keep going. But in the beginning, here was my, here was the crux, here was the problem. Is I would put things out, and then there would be things that were not free, and no one, no one cared. Just like silence. So I had to really dig around and find out what people were willing to pay for, and that's like really hard because. There's a big difference between like, you know, George, would you pay for this? And you said, well, I think so. It looks pretty cool. And then when it comes out, you're like, well, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they can tell yeah. you that they want to, but getting people to pull their credit card out on a strange website on the internet and type in the numbers is a totally different thing. So it took me a long time to really figure out what people were interested in or they really, 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 really willing to pay for. <laughs> so what were some of the things that you tried that didn't work? Um, we did a lot of eBooks in the beginning okay and those didn't work very well by the way i'm not saying they won't work for you and they might work for me now i'm just oh saying no well we we'll us talk about your business yeah they might right work now. they they just didn't work for me in the beginning mhm mm-hmm. didn't so
1: ebooks didn't work yeah. what else
0: um yeah i did affiliate marketing i i still do a little bit we have a few very small specific things but um we did amazon and a couple other things at the beginning and, and those worked but they didn't generate enough to make it worth our while.
1: So like but, books, uh, like uh, Amazon affiliate, and did you talk about books or reviewed books? And is, is that how you did it? Or well, no, now if you
0: think about like, like we have a lot on entertaining and wine and, you know, that kind of thing. So it would be more like um, dishes or, mm-hmm. um, you know, the crock pot that someone made their recipe in. Okay. And the good thing about Amazon was like, you know so we promoted a crock pot and somebody bought a grill instead that's three hundred dollars, so you get the credit for whatever they ended up buying, but it's just like it was it's like one percent of their purchase price or something, so it really takes a volume to get mm-hmm. people there and what's really ironic is now I could probably get away with it. I probably could do pretty well, but I'd rather sell my own stuff now, so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it makes so much sense to create your own. Create your own product uh, if you, if you can do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So let's talk about. Uh, you you mentioned I, I I would do do it differently this time if I would start over. What what were some of the things that you would different you would do differently? Mm.
0: Mm. mm. I would have focused on products a lot earlier. My, our own stuff. Your own products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have. I would have. I just look back, you know, the things, of course, it's easy to say, like, the things we've done, you know, seven years later were the best things, but um, I guess that makes sense, but I I just, I just really, I found the whole experience of hawking other people's stuff really dissatisfying, so Mm -hmm. Amazon doesn't really care about you, you do all this work to try to get your website looking great, and you get people to your website, and then you're sending them somewhere else, it just, I don't know, it just. It was like You're ultimately facility. building
1: somebody else's business, right? With all this stuff, affiliate yeah, and it's stuff, so hard, and,
0: and, yeah. And it's so hard, And their to own brand, the not your brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, there are great opportunities for those things. You know, there's always you, know, you can always pair them with your products. But I, you know, I I really wish we would have started earlier with, um, you know, our own products. That's my mm-hmm. big. That's what I wish mm-hmm. I'd done differently. Mm-hmm. Because I found having your own product, whether it's physical or not, it's just a lot easier to to try to talk to partners, to figure out campaigns, to get conversations going with people, you know, because you actually have something to have the conversation around. And then as a product... and and I always think of products as, as experiences, you know, there's packaging, there's what they do with it, there's how you treat them before and after, you know, you, you should tell, you know, like we tell people what to do with our product, with our tea, and and um, so then there's an opportunity there for, for them to show it and share it with other people, like actually, you know, say, oh, I'm working on this e-course, you know, from George, this guy on the internet, or I'm drinking this cool tea from this company called Plum Deluxe, so... It's just so much better than um, what we were doing in the beginning.
1: Yeah, uh, let's talk about you know marketing because I mean that's that's obviously a big big deal for for everybody no matter what business you're in. So so what were the most effective ways to to get the word out about Plum Deluxe in the beginning?
0: Mm. In the beginning, we were in, we were in a time when guest posting was big. It was a big deal, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of hard to guest post now. I mean, I, Why is that? Because people are gun shy because Google is running around saying, you know, we're going to penalize everybody who gets paid links. So I think, mm-hmm. um, and, and spammy people are sending out all these emails saying they'd like to guest post on your website. I'm sure you've gotten a couple of them yourself. So. Yeah. I, I get them all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's just hard to really stand out. Like if I want to do a guest post, I have to really like, make it super clear in the first three sentences that I am not a spammer. I don't care about the link. I want to get the exposure. Mm-hmm. So, but when I started, yeah, guest listing was a big thing and we had mm-hmm. a lot of travel. And so, um, I, I kind of was networking a lot with the travel people. And I just, I remember I've forgotten about this until, um, just now I did an interview series for about a year, um, mm-hmm. where I would do Q and A's with people. And so those, um, and this is a strategy you're familiar with. I would do an interview with these people, and then post it, and then they would share it, of course, because they were excited about like you know the questions mm-hmm. I'd ask them, or yeah, I was good at asking the questions, so you know, I kind of have these really interesting pieces, and so that was a big okay. that was a big thing was getting you know posting things that pe- other people would want to share.
1: So what about today? How did it change from 2007 to now in terms of effective marketing efforts? What works now?
0: Well, now we have our own product, so I can afford to do paid marketing. So, I mean, so I where do you do, do paid marketing? I mostly do Pinterest ads, actually. Okay. I, have, I had early access. So that's where I do my most. I'm, Google is really expensive. For me
1: yeah uh, I think
0: I, most small businesses are priced out of Google forever yeah yeah I would really like to do it but I just can't you know it's just too, the cost is too high for me to to get in there and feel comfortable
1: you know yeah unless you can afford to spend hundreds of dollars to acquire a new customer you can't really do Google anymore yeah. at least from from what I see
0: yeah I have not seen it either a keyword that's not this ridiculously expensive, but I'm doing Pinterest. But um, mm-hmm. the other places, that, other things that I do are um, giving product away to review. So for example, um, you know, I sent some tea products to my subscription addiction, the biggest subscription site on the, uh, on the internet. Mm-hmm. And um, that quadrupled our, tea of the month club in in, in one month. Yeah. So, so that was definitely worth my, you know, $7 investment. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and that's a great thing. The whole kind of PR, you know, giving, you know, giving things away, but it takes a lot of time because you have to vet who you're going to send things to. You have to follow up with them. And sometimes it just takes a while. Like the subscription addiction was a great example. It took forever. It took months and months. And I really thought it wasn't going to happen. And I just thought, oh, like, shoot, I really thought this was a good thing. And then it posted and it posted during the holidays, like right as the holiday started. And so it was perfect timing because people bought it as gifts. So I was like, ah, mm-hmm. like I really lucked out, like I lucked out perfectly. So, so PR involves a lot of luck, but mm-hmm. I think, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's great and it's worth trying you know, it's it's it, it just sweat. It's just it's sweat, doesn't it? Cost you a lot. So, I like PR yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and then partnerships. That's my other big thing. So, I partner so how with, do you
1: look for partners? And and who, who are the ideal partners for you?
0: Well, it, you have to think about what kind of would make your product whole. So, for example, and and what would be fun? You know, sometimes you have to just try things that are fun. So probably our best event this year was that we had did a tea and yoga class. So people came and they did yoga class with the meditation and then they sat down for like afternoon tea. Tea and all these nice snacks. And that event people loved it. It sold out, people loved it, people talking about it still, people want another one. So So how did you incentivize the, the yoga studio? Well, um I, I you know, it's a small community here in Portland, so I knew her and so we just sat down and worked through the numbers and made sure that um, if we had 20 seats, then would how would the money get split and how would we both feel okay? And then if we had the full 40, how would the mm-hmm. money split? How would it be okay? Here's, here's my trick is I know what I need, what I'm not good at, and what other people can bring. So for me, here's the big secret. Um, I don't have a venue. And for me, venues are expensive. Mm-hmm. Especially for me, for a product that doesn't, you know, is only like seven bucks for a, you know, package of tea. So mm-hmm. I look for people who have a venue. So like next year, you're gonna see events with us in, the, in like a chocolate shop because they already it have makes the perfect list. sense. Yeah, so I can So they're not there.
1: competing with you. Yeah. But they're serving the same customers you're looking for. Exactly,
0: bingo. I'm gonna say that again. And, that and so good. what's the value? Not what's comp- the not competing? They have the same customers as you.
1: Yeah. So so when you reach out to them, do you do you try to sell them on on making money or you try to sell them on creating more value for their customers?
0: Um, I, the latter, I think. But mm-hmm. what I try to do is um, illustrate that together we can create something that gets the attention of their customers who are maybe not paying as much attention. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, if you have a super engaged customer, they're going to do whatever you offer. So those people are great. But then you have a, probably a huge bulk of customers who are who have purchased from you before, and are really just kind of floating out there and waiting for you to to do something that's going to knock their socks off and like, whoa! I've got to have that. Like I got to go to that thing, or I got to have this thing. And for me, you know, we have this big online presence. So what I try to do is I, you know, I find people who have you know space that can accommodate us. And I say you have this space and you have this product that's very complementary. If we work together, uh, you know, you have foot traffic, I have internet traffic. Together, we can f- create a, a room full of people who may not know each other and create this cool experience for them.
1: And so, are you able to do these events uh, on a continuous uh, basis, or is it pretty much a once uh, once in a lifetime type of thing?
0: Oh, I'm trying to make them regular things mm-hmm. sometimes that's a mm-hmm. challenge so this year we we had we worked with Kempton um several times and that worked out really well and like the you know the yoga people want us that mm-hmm. so so there is an opportunity there it just depends on what it is if it's a one-off or um you know doing it over and over again and sometimes you may find that you just need to do it once to find out if you want to do it again or if it even makes sense mm-hmm. yeah 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 you just have to try it and see
1: yeah I'm am I'm a big believer in uh strategic partnerships. I I think that's for a small business it's an absolute must to to figure it out. Uh let's talk about content marketing. Is is does it have a a big part in your business?
0: Mm. Huge, huge. That's it's, in the corner. it's the key, the keystone.
1: So let's talk about that a little bit. Um what kind of content are you creating? Uh, what, what seems to be the most effective content?
0: Well, I tell you, interestingly, uh, people want me to do a podcast, so I might do that next year. Up to be, I'll have to call you for some tips.
1: Yeah, um. <laughs> definitely. Anytime.
0: Anytime. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I think, mean, um, our kind of uh, women, you know, they're commuting or they want to listen to it while they're doing the dishes, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Content. So we publish publish almost daily some article recipe entertaining guide etc on our site and um do you write all the content nope we have a we have four editors at large that work for us who do the majority of the pieces but we also accept freelance uh, pitches mm-hmm. okay. so it's a really kind of a little little machine right there on itself so
1: you produce uh, or you publish almost every day and in terms of the content um, are these really long and detailed posts or what do you believe in in terms of content length? Uh,
0: I think it depends on what the piece is. So for example I I think each piece has to serve a purpose and, and whatever it takes to serve that purpose. So for example a recipe does not need to be like 400 miles long. Cause most people are coming in they want to see the photo just and that then they'll decide if they want to make that or not and if they're if they're interested they'll read the recipe and then they'll pin it on a pinterest board or print it so it doesn't need to be long now mm-hmm. if you're writing like how to how to host a ugly christmas sweater party <laughs> people want a little more information like they want to know what how you got into that and what should they serve and where should I go online to buy ugly Christmas sweaters? Cause I don't have one. And, uh, you know, like, you know, all the crafty things, people want to see all that stuff. So those are longer. So mm-hmm. so I think length is totally irrelevant. It like, mm-hmm. should serve the yeah. purpose of match particular piece. Not okay. you should do 500 words because somebody, no matter what, it. mm-hmm. yeah, it's just not, yeah not important anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Now, in terms of, you know, how to come up with topics,
0: what is your process for that? Well, that that's one of the beauties of having people pitch us is they um, give us some good ideas. I have um, a great community, so people tell me what they'd like to hear about. hmm uh, so
1: listening to your community, listening, and in the beginning, before you had all this, all these followers or this community, how did you, how did you decide on what to write about then?
0: I just guessed and um, looked at what got a lot of interest and did more of that. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I did, and I became very familiar with Google's keyword tool pretty quickly. So that helped. That helped. Mm-hmm. That still helps. I do look at that. I pers—I think I obsessed over it in the beginning, and I don't obsess over it quite as much. But you know, Google is important to us. Uh, you know, as, as referring new customers, so I do um, always. I'm always every month kind of checking in there, and making sure that we have you know optimized as much as possible.
1: How much traffic do you get uh, nowadays per month?
0: <sighs> um, it's still just over a hundred thousand uniques. It's not. That's not crazy. That's a
1: very impressive number. I mean, uh, you know, there are most websites don't get a hundred visitors. You know, (laughs) I'm talking about it. So it's it's a very impressive number. You know, you can always do better, and you can always do a whole lot worse. So 100k per month on average.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I took a big hit. Um, I had I used to have more. I used to have a lot more. Mm -hmm. And when we rebranded the Plum Deluxe, we changed the domain, Mm -hmm. and so a lot of the work I did in the beginning, I had to start over. But now Mm -hmm. I have um, a good business that has some decent website traffic versus having a bunch of website traffic and scraping together coins from people buying, you know, barbecue grills on Amazon. (laughs) So it's a really Mm -hmm. different, you know. Today, so you have a brand as opposed to yeah, and I don't really care about page views. It doesn't matter to me anymore. Mm-hmm. What matters mm-hmm. to me is how many people are purchasing our products or engaging in our services or telling people it's about it.
1: It's kind of it. a vanity metric, right? I, I, think, mean, so. Uh, I think so. mean, revenue is a lot better. Sure. I always
0: like revenue. Yeah, me too. I mean, sure, you know, page views is an affirmation of your efforts. So certainly it's not something to totally ignore. But it's, if you're obsessing over it, I think you're obsessing in the wrong place.
1: And in terms of where the traffic comes from, do you look at that? You know, I, I mean, I, Pinterest
0: I, is a big thing for you. Yeah, but Pinterest uh, is huge for us and Google. That's our two... Mm-hmm. Pinterest big ones Pinterest mm-hmm. is you know sometimes seventy eighty percent it's sometimes too much i I don't like leaning on it scary right yeah, I don't like leaning, on, scary, it. Right? Yeah, don't like leaning nice. on it so much yeah and it's changed mm-hmm. a lot too in, in recently the how they are doing things so I do worry about that, but uh, yeah like
1: Facebook I don't you know you remember when, you know when they changed the way they show posts you know oh. it really killed a lot of people's marketing uh,
0: yeah I'm uh, we may abandon our Facebook page next year
1: hmm oh wow.
0: It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Wow. And I yes. find Facebook ads to be expensive. And I find I'm, I, sometimes I'm irate. Like I, I have to say this because it just irks me. And I'm, I, I, I know I can't be the only person who runs Facebook campaigns and they charge me for clicks for people that I don't see on my website analytics. And, and some of those people just don't convert. they just – it's like mm-hmm. crappy traffic. So I'm done. I'm done. I can't. I'm not going to do it anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about online is you can look at the numbers, you can really measure things cuz yeah, you know, like a magazine advertising, you you have no clue what's going on. Yeah. So so it, it it's it's awesome that you can actually look at all those numbers. So back to content marketing just a little bit. Oh, yes. I wanted to ask you about promotion because that's another big part of content marketing and and I hear I hear that not enough talk is 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 in that area you know people talk about create content and write and whatever produce content but then but then most people just stop there. so what do you do to promote your content
0: well i you know I tell people you should have just as much effort into the i call it distribution, but promotion of your content as you do the creation of it, especially in the beginning, you should almost have it seventy thirty 'cause You know, if nobody's seeing it, why are you doing it? So we do all the social media stuff, you know, the usual Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. things. But we really take care of what's important to us. So Pinterest is important to us. So you'll see on every single article that you can find on on Plum Deluxe, that's written in the last three, four years, has a a very cool high-res image at the beginning with some kind of banner, you know, Thing on it with the name of the article, mm-hmm. and we know, and those are picked specifically because we know that they do well on Pinterest.
1: So you always have also text on the image,
0: uh, yeah, not, not just the image itself. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All, always, always. There's all yeah because it works. Yeah, because it works.
1: And that makes sense. And you'll that find that
0: even on short articles, there are at least four images because people mm-hmm. pin a lot of images. So you'll see a lot of that, and then you'll notice. I mean, um, I go in and do updates. Like, we kind of do it by batch, so I won't say that everything is set up, <laughs> but you'll find that um, the majority of posts also have all of their Google um, meta descriptions and meta tags all set up and Shiny so mm-hmm. um, that we get the best chance uh, to show up in Google for the places that we want. So that's, you know...
1: So Pinterest is a big one. What what other things you do to promote content or or distribute it?
0: Um, well, you know, one thing I'd like to talk about really briefly is we do a lot of free downloads, which is how we get people from content to email. Mm-hmm. And so what I really like about the free downloads is, so someone you know comes to the page and they see, you know, what you're offering, and then um, if they they have to sign up to get it you know it's a worksheet or it's a book etc and we actually in the emails that we send people we actually encourage them to share it it's either you know just with you know tell people what you're working on we'd love to see or we have some kind of contest or giveaway in the email that we send them so um, so those have worked out really well that's just like we do them because it's just the best thing ever the free downloads they're hard to kind of pull off at first because you really got to make something that really shines but um, mm-hmm. those work really well. Um, I also do paid ads for content, especially if it's something like um, you know in the summer we'll, we run ads for how to make iced tea. Cause it's and where
1: do you where 13. do you run
0: these ads? Um, Bing, I do Bing ads because mm-hmm. I can't afford Google. <laughs> okay, and it's, they're not too bad. I it's really funny, you know. Um, I laugh about it, but they're actually pretty good people. And it's mm-hmm. not expensive. And I and I say like okay. I'm going to just put aside like $35 you know, for this, and I'm going to let it run. And it's like my, my campaign lasts forever. You know, It keeps running because it's not, it's, it's not running out of money. So it's, that's kind of a nice feeling. I would mm-hmm. say the bulk of my attention goes to our Pinterest, and mm-hmm. we really, mm-hmm. really hammer them hard. Yeah. And,
1: so let's talk about monetization. Uh, how many different ways do you monetize Plum Deluxe
0: today? Uh, we have events. I consider them a piece of their own.
1: Those are the ones that
0: we talked about, yeah, like yeah. with the yoga studios. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. so people have to pay to go to those, and we sometimes have the sponsors at them. So um, that's one.
1: Events and uh, sponsorships.
0: Sponsorships, just to, mm-hmm. in general, like sponsor content and products. That's so the, the sponsored
1: thing. contents, do they come and find you, or do you seek these uh, companies out?
0: Uh, both, both. I've pulled back on... Hunting people because I don't really uh, um, have a need to grow that business a ton because it's, mm-hmm. it's fine where it is. We mm-hmm. belong to a few uh, um, groups and we have some agency contacts who work on this kind of stuff and they bring us projects. And you know they say like, you know, hey George, like uh, would you like to work with this client? And here's the budget. You know if you're interested, tell us your ideas and you know here's the timeline. Does it work for you?
1: I get some inquiries on Success Harbor, but I don't know. I feel like I'm wasting my time. I mean, did you get a lot of that uh, initially uh, when people contact you, and then I, I, they just don't seem serious businesses? Like, I'm I'm not sure how to kind of bat, you know test them so I don't waste my time on them.
0: Uh, yeah, I get a lot of that too. I get a lot of crap. So yeah. I I I have my regular people who reach out to me, and that's who I work with. I don't really. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, sometimes yeah. people will reach out and if they don't have the budget but I really believe in them, it sounds like, you know, they really are trying. I'll say, you know what, like send send, you know, one of our editors, um, you know, your honey or your your chocolate or whatever, like we'll post mm-hmm. about it. You know, I'd love to help because people help mm-hmm. me, so I I'm, I'm going to return the favor. So I just try mm-hmm. to help people, but we, you know, we probably work with I don't know, 20-12 sponsors a year. It's not very many. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, it's, you know, they come every year and do the same three or four times a year, you know, Mm -hmm. holiday, Easter, you know, summer. So Mm -hmm. we're just kind of in a groove and I know how much money that's going to be. And so it's just it's fine where it is because, again, I've I've learned my lesson and I'd rather build my own stuff and have Mm -hmm. a lot of control over the creativity and the marketing of it and how it unfolds as opposed to just hoping that a sponsor comes in.
1: Yeah. So event sponsorships uh, and obviously the obvious T,
0: right? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, any any other ways? Well, we still Those have like a little affiliate stuff. You know, affiliate, just a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, because it does. It sometimes it's useful. Sometimes it's useful. The Amazon stuff. Mm-hmm. But what's what's funny is I still make like you know a couple hundred dollars <laughs> you know every six months, <laughs> and I do yeah. very little to no effort. So that's fine. Yeah. That's that's like. Yeah. You know, hosting fee money or podcast mm-hmm. mic money, it's um, totally okay, but yeah. I, you know, I'm not relying on it. It's money to stretch. Can you give
1: us an idea of your revenue?
0: Yeah, we don't break it out specifically. My accountant doesn't like it, but we're a you know, healthy six-figure company. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about some, maybe
1: one or two of the biggest challenges today. With with Plum Deluxe?
0: Mm, biggest challenges today. Well, um, our tea business has really exploded, and especially this particular holiday season. So this is a huge challenge because I need to figure out how do we expand and grow when we work out of a small studio in the back of my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like when... So you ship everything
1: yourself? You have your own inventory? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mm-hmm. use two distributors that send us supplies so but everything happens here mm-hmm. and you know i have a couple of people that help me but you know a lot of it's me so um you know what does that look like and what kind of products do we make next um you know and there's a fear like i, I was saying earlier that our tea club exploded like it just like quadrupled and so that's mm-hmm. going to be like a you know that and then and then the next month, it's going to be like this huge, you know. Like, we have to figure out a different way to do this because now it's like, <laughs> it's so many people. We have to be really mm-hmm. efficient. But then, but then it's also I'm, you know, butting up against those fears I had in the beginning. Like, okay, like wow, like this is really big now, and if you know, how do we keep it going? And how do we service these customers? And so, so growing that business is is kind of the thing that's on my mind now because. Um, you know we have a good thing going, and I don't want to screw it up. So I want to.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a good problem to have, but at the same time, like you said, you don't want to screw it up either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. So what is? Uh, I just have a couple of more questions, um, and these are like general entrepreneurial questions. But what is the best advice you have ever received? Hmm, the best advice I ever received.
0: Um, don't. Uh, you know, in the beginning, I wanted to hire a lot of contractors to help me do things. And uh, someone told me that I should really try and struggle with doing everything myself once. And, I, you know, that's kind of a... Do you believe that still? Well, I do. I do. Uh, but I think it has to have an, a little asterisk with some subtext. <laughs> because I think at some point you need to realize that, like, maybe you're not a web designer. So maybe you should stop doing that. Um, you know, I was just talking to a friend who was asking me about budgeting for a web designer and she'd spent like days like working on something. And I just thought, wow, like, but what, what the, I think the crux of this is, is, you know, I think it's good for you to kind of know how all the pieces work and it's really good for you to know and really understand if you're paying, you know, $5,000 for a website, or if you're paying, you know, someone $1,000 a month to do your social media, do you really know what they're doing, and are they mm-hmm. are they doing something that really serves you? So, so I it's, think it's, it's really understanding what's if you're paying for anything at all, really truly understanding what you're paying for, because it's really it's easy. It's kind to of just, a balance, you know, right? Isn't it like like you know enough
1: so you're not fooled every time you're hiring somebody?
0: Yeah, like you know, um, for the holidays, a friend of mine who owns a winery asked me to do um, a tea booth. And I could have easily said, "Oh, you know, that's not worth my time. Someone else can go into that." But I went. I had a, a great time, and I learned all these different things about my customers because a lot of them came mm-hmm. to see me, mm-hmm. and and I, I they walked up to the booth and and they'd have like their kid with them, right? And we don't have kids buy our tea. It's you know like organic, mm-hmm. you know, fancy tea. Like they're they're not in the market for that. And these kids would would be looking at the teas, and I said, "So what are you what are you shopping for?" And they said. It, you know, a lot, of, a lot of them were like, oh, I need a gift for my teacher. I need a gift for my teacher. I had I that like 10 times. And I thought, we need to have some kind of like thing about gifts for teachers. You know, like I learned this huge thing, this huge thing. And that was most of my sales that day. So mm-hmm. sometimes you have to be out there, you know, hearing what's going on. You can't hide behind, you know, payroll. I mean, tea is
1: a safe gift, you know, because like, you know, if you think about (laughs) wine, for example, I mean, you might give somebody a wine in a situation and it's just not the right thing. But I mean, you can't really go
0: wrong with tea. Yeah. And it's easier to be a gift if you didn't like it, too. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: shipping is a lot uh, lot less expensive, too, uh, to ship tea. Uh, One more question. If if somebody, maybe a friend or somebody in your family came to you and and saw your success um, in business... And if you could train that person to be successful, what would be the first thing you would teach teach that person?
0: Mm, I would want them to work on focus. So I use the word focus specifically, not productivity. And so I want them to really be clear as to where they're headed. Like what does success mean to them? What would a successful business look like? And so we alluded to it a couple of times earlier. You know, we talked about page views and chasing the vanity metrics, whereas really you should be chasing, you know, a revenue. And I like to think that revenue is one half of another coin. So really, you know, I'm chasing after people really loving tea and having a great experience with our tea, because I know that they'll come back and buy more and more and more, but it's also, you know, what are our revenue goals and how do we get there? And, How do we get our margins down, you know, another 5% and how do we make our packaging better, you know, so it's really about focus Mm -hmm. and, and being able to set a focus intention for the day, the week, the month, the quarter to get you where you're trying to go.
1: Well, Andy, I really appreciate you coming on Success Harbor today to share your story with Plum Deluxe. And I, I do hope uh, that you can come back maybe in a year and just give us an update on how the business is going. And if people are interested in learning more about Plum Deluxe or connecting with you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Um, you can head right on over to plumdeluxe.com and say hello. Love okay. to see you. So- so everybody out there, check out plumdeluxe.com. And Andy, thank you again, uh, very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a great time. And thank you everybody for for listening. Bye.